are Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Friday, December 3rd. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And if you like what you're hearing today, then please, please, please be sure to go and follow the podcast. You can also go and leave me a review if you want to as well. It'll only take a, cu- a quick couple of seconds, and it's all for free wherever you may listen to your podcast, whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Google Podcast, etc. It's all for free wherever you follow the show, and you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Alright, good morning everyone, and thank you for tuning in to Lockdown Blackhawks and for making the show your first listen here to start your morning. On the show today, folks, I'll be going over the Blackhawks 2-0 win over the Montreal Canadiens last night with Jonathan Taze finally finding the back of the net, and Marc-Andre Fleury also picking up win number 500 for his career, becoming the third goaltender in NHL history to record 500 wins. And then I'll also discuss Dylan Strome once again being a healthy scratch by interim head coach Derek King, as well as the one-for-one swap that interim GM Kyle Davidson and the Blackhawks made yesterday with the Toronto Maple Leafs, all right here on Lockdown Blackhawks. But before I get into the good stuff though today, folks, I need to remind you all that the episode is sponsored by Stat Hero. Sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use the promo code hockey, one word in all caps, for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey. Use the promo code hockey for a 100% match. All right, to kick things off on the show today, folks, Let's get into the Chicago Blackhawks 2-0 victory over the Montreal Canadiens last night. Another win over a bottom feeder in the NHL right now for the Hawks. Coming into the last night, the Canadiens had a 6-18-3 record with only 15 points to show for it, putting them in dead last in the Eastern Conference just a few months after making that incredible run to the Stanley Cup Final. It's been quite the turnaround up in Montreal. And they were also without several key players once again last night, as they have been for most of the year. It's been tough sledding for Montreal. They were without Jeff Petrie, Carey Price, Tyler Toffoli, Brendan Gallagher, Josh Anderson, Yoel Armia, Christian Dvorak, Joel Edmondson. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So... Without a bunch of key guys, the Canadians, I mean, really weren't able to put up much of a fight in this game last night. Um, I mean, you do still got to give the Blackhawks defense some credit for being able to shut them down, and they held the Canadians to only two high-danger chances at even strength last night and only 12 total scoring chances as well. Um, So the defense, you know, they, they did perform about as well as they have all season, honestly. Um, I know they did, they did still surrender 30 shots on goal, but not very many of those were from dangerous areas. As I just said, only two high-danger chances for Montreal at even strength last night. 
And with goaltender Marc-Andre Fleury playing the way that he has recently, uh, the flower was back in net last night, by the way, which kind of did surprise me a little bit, honestly, because um, I really was thinking that King would much rather go with Fleury on Saturday versus Toronto rather than uh, giving Kevin Lankin in that start. But with this chance for Flurry to pick up win number 500 in his hometown of Montreal, I mean, that opportunity was simply too good to pass up. That's why uh, Derek King's the interim head coach and I'm not. And as we know now, fortunately, uh, King did decide to go that route because what a special scene it was for Flower last night in Montreal, getting chance of Flurry, Flurry, while the Blackhawks are on the road in Bell MTS Center. I mean, it was really something special, a great moment there for Flurry, becoming just the third goaltender in NHL history to record 500 wins, joining the elite company of Patrick Waugh and Marty Brodeur, two guys who are usually uh, the debate over who is the best netminder in NHL history, so a, a real cool and special moment there for Marc-Andre Fleury to pick up win number 500 in his hometown of Montreal. But going over a quick recap of uh, the entire game last night against the Canadians, starting with the first period, like most of them under interim head coach Derek King, this one was uh, pretty much a complete snooze fest, just not a whole lot going on from either side once again. I feel like I say this uh, more times than not when I'm going over my postgame recaps, um, but it just seems like the first period is usually... Uh, kind of just a, a feeling out process for the Blackhawks. But I will say their offense, I thought, did start to pick it up a little bit as the period went on. And most of their chances came from that third line of Dominic Kubalik, Kirby Dock, and Philip Kurashev. All three of those guys had uh, a couple of quality scoring chances there in the opening 20 minutes. And I'll have plenty more on that line and also... Derek King's lineup decisions last night coming up a little bit later on in the show. Um, but after, you know, the Blackhawks, they shut down Montreal in that first period, really didn't give them many quality scoring opportunities. They started to wake up offensively themselves as the period went on. And then in the second, on their second power play opportunity as well of the period, finally the Blackhawks were able to find the back of the net and none other then Jonathan Taze, remember him, folks? Jonathan Taze gets a piece of, uh, he, he redirects a perfect shot pass from Seth Jones, top shelf for his first goal of the season. Finally, 26 games in, and Taze finally has goal number one. That's his first goal since August 18th, 2020 when the Blackhawks were still in the Edmonton bubble, taking on the Vegas Golden Knights in the first round of the playoffs. That's how long it's been since Johnny last struck Pater. So, obviously a big goal for him. It also put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. Um, but a big goal for Johnny, obviously, can now finally be done with those conversations with the media, getting asked night in and night out about his uh, inability to find the back of the net. And hopefully, you know, that, that'll be what gets him going here now a little bit. Um, that he's, you know, not having to grip his stick so tight all the time and is constantly thinking about uh, getting that ever-elusive first goal of the year. 
Uh, but with Taze's first tally of the season, that put the Blackhawks ahead one to nothing. Um, that was the score heading into the first intermission. And by the way, just uh, a hell of a pass there by Seth Jones to give Johnny an open net. Seth continues to be not only the leading point getter for this Blackhawks team, but also um, by far their best defenseman. And honestly, probably their most consistent player for the past month, month and a half or so. And you could honestly make an argument for Seth Jones being the MVP of this team right now. I mean, under Derrick King especially, he's been very consistent on the back end, playing big minutes, um, you know, carrying the load offensively while also still being responsible on defense. I really have noticed that he's gotten a lot more comfortable in the defensive zone. He's trusting his instincts to, you know, kind of dodge uh, the four checkers and, and to carry the puck or, or pass it out of harm's way. Uh, I thought Seth was really good once again last night and just a perfect pass to find Taze <clears throat> backdoor for that first goal of the season. But as I said, that one nothing game, that, that was the score heading into the second intermission. Um, in a much better second period, by the way, than the Hawks have put together recently. That's been one area of weakness that I've noticed so far under Derek King a little bit. But last night, a, a really good second period from the Hawks. They only allowed uh, six shots on goal. None of them were high-danger chances. Zero high-danger chances for Montreal at even strength through 40 minutes. And that put the Blackhawks in a really good position to go and close out the game in the third period. And that's exactly what they wound up doing. In just a couple of minutes in, Henrik Borgstrom added an insurance goal after being handed a Christmas gift from Canadians defenseman Alexander Romanov. A bad, bad turnover there. Borgstrom cashes in for his second goal of the season, his first since way back on October 24th against the Detroit Red Wings. That snapped a 10-game goal drought and gave the Blackhawks a two-goal cushion early on in the third period. And the rest of the way was all Marc-Andre Fleury. Flower really wasn't tested much in the opening um, 40 minutes, or even kind of the, the opening 50 minutes of this one. Uh, but late in the game, the Canadians finally did come with a little bit of a mini surge. Uh, mostly happened with Jake Allen off for the extra attacker. But Fleury shut the door, gobbled up all 30 shots that he faced, and picked up win number 500 as only he could do in his hometown of Montreal. Born just an hour away from the city, so... Uh, obviously a real special moment there for the Flower. Uh, and the Blackhawks, really cool celebration. You know, Flower gets back in the locker room. They shower him with water after the game. The teams, you know, surrounding him, they're all pumped up for their teammate. Uh, and they actually ate poutine together, I guess, in the locker room, which is kind of funny. So, just a fun and memorable night all around up in Montreal. Fleury gets win number 500. Taze picks up the game winner with his first goal of the season. And the Blackhawks move to 10-14-2 on the year with a 2-0 win on the road against the Montreal Canadiens. Alright, that takes care of last night's victory up north of the border. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to get into the interesting lineup decisions that interim coach Derek King made for this game. But first, I need to talk to you all about Stat Hero. Stat Hero is the first of its kind 
daily fantasy sports platform where it's you versus the house in head-to-head fantasy matchups, winner take all. And here's the crazy part. Stat Hero shows you their lineup before you play, and you get to handpick the team you want to face with them one-on-one. And with Stat Hero, you are in control of the stakes. You decide how much you're going to play and going to play for, and Stat Hero has no choice but to take it because they're daring you to beat them. Stat Hero head-to-head is what daily fantasy should be, one-on-one. Tonight, I'm going up against a team of Austin Matthews, Timo Meyer, and Roman Yossi. Think what you got to be... Think you got what it takes to beat those three? Then sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash hockey and use the promo code hockey for a 100% deposit match. That's stathero.com slash hockey and use the promo code hockey, one word in all caps, for a 100% match. I also need to talk to you all about Stance. Founded in 2009, Stance represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborations for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance actually just sent me a bunch of clothing, uh, clothing folks, and the apparel is very mel- very well made. It's all super soft. It's a lot of fun to wear, and I'm definitely looking forward to purchasing more Stance apparel for myself because I can both be confident and comfortable in their apparel. Stance believes that it's the perfect fit matters more than fitting in that those who feel good do good. Go see it for yourself right now and be sure to register for an account at stance.com and you'll get 15% off your first purchase. Just use the promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. Welcome back to Lockdown Blackhawks. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Getting into segment two now today, I also had to be sure to talk a little bit about the questionable lineup decisions that head coach Derek King made for last night's game against Montreal. And as I talked about on the episode yesterday, uh, both Mike Hardman and Philip Kurashev were recalled from the Rockford Ice Hogs recently with defenseman Wyatt Kalanuck and Ian Mitchell headed back down. Also, uh, one thing I wanted to correct myself on, yesterday I accidentally said that the Blackhawks have 14 forwards on their active roster now. Well, they only have 13. That's my bad. But with those 13 forwards, that means one player needed to be the odd man out in the lineup. And last night versus Montreal, Derek King decided that man was Dylan Strome. Despite Strome playing well recently in an offensive-minded role on the second line, along with Alex Dabrinkit and Kirby Dock, Strome had points in back-to-back games against the Islanders on Sunday and the Rangers on Tuesday, and three points in his last six games as well. And while I know that's, you know, nothing to be bragging about, but with this Blackhawks offense struggling so mightily, Three points in six six games is pretty darn good in this instance. So, um, for King to take him out of the lineup after performing, you know, rather well in the aspect that he's in the lineup for, he's in here to produce offensively, I I just don't understand what he needs to be doing differently at this point. 
And we've heard King say in the past that the Blackhawks don't want to waste a lineup spot on Strom if he's going to be playing in a defensive role inside the bottom six. We know King doesn't want to use him there. But what confused me even more was hearing how King said that the trust in the defensive zone is what cost Strom that spot in the lineup last night. Like, I don't get it. King literally himself admitted that Strom's not in there to be playing that defensive style. That's not his game. King said that himself. And again, with this team struggling so much on the offensive end, I just don't get how a guy like Strom, one of the few people who can actually create offensively for this team, and has had some positive offensive numbers recently. You go and look at the analytics. Dylan Strom's been pretty good on that second line. Maybe not defensively, but what he's here to do, create offense, he's been doing that. So, with this team averaging, you know, two goals a game still, I don't get how Dylan Strom doesn't crack this lineup on a nightly basis. I really don't. I, I've, I'm completely lost at this point. And, you know, it's, it's been an ongoing and seemingly never-ending saga here for Stromer. And it really seemed like King was finally, you know, giving him the chance that he deserved. It seemed like once King took over, um, Strom was going to get his opportunities that he was kind of stripped of with Jeremy Colleton. But um, easy come, easy go, I guess. I I just don't really... What I more so don't understand is, again, with this team being bottom five in the league offensively, I don't understand how guys like Mike Hardman doesn't have a goal on the season. Henrik Borgstrom, you know, just scored his second goal of the year last night, and it was a gift handed to him from Canadians defenseman Alexander Romanov. And also Reese Johnson. I mean, I know he's been better, but for those guys to be in over Strom and to be playing on a more consistent basis just because they fit this defensive style that King wants to run, like, that doesn't make any sense to me. All all three of those players that I just mentioned, they've kind of played the same role for this Blackhawks team so far, whereas Strom can actually provide something a little bit different that the rest of them can't do. I just don't get it. We'll see if this winds up just being uh, a one-game stint for Stromer as a healthy scratch again, but also, considering how King has gone about business so far as the head coach, uh, one thing I've noticed after a win, he really doesn't like to change things up too much. So, uh, sadly, it could be another game in the press box for Dylan Strom on Saturday in Toronto. We're just going to have to wait and see. But as for the forward lines that the Blackhawks rolled with last night, uh, once again, it was a little bit of a change up front as Alex Dabrinkit, Henrik Borgstrom, and Patrick Kane served as the top line versus Montreal, which um, I, I think... You know, it's an interesting trio that definitely should get another look together at some point here in the future. I'm definitely not opposed to keep uh, rotating centers between Kaner and Cat until, you know, one of them starts being productive. So, an interesting first line last night, one we really hadn't seen so far on the season. Uh, but I thought Borgstrom was fine there and deserving of at least another look sometime in the near future between Kaner and Debrinkit. The second line was Brandon Hagel, Jonathan Taze, and Reese Johnson. 
interestingly enough, getting a crack with a couple of top six guys last night. And to much surprise, actually, those three had a pretty good night analytically. I know they weren't able to create many goals, but um, according to Natural Statric, they had three scoring chances together, and they were even in terms of shots for and shots against at eight apiece. So um, pretty even in terms of the Corsi numbers. I wonder if we're going to see those guys together once again in the future. Um, the third line of Dominic Kubelik, Kirby Dock, and Philip Kurashev, as I mentioned earlier in the show, was really good in that first period. I believe Kubi had three shots on goal in the opening 20 minutes. Dock had a really good look on a semi-breakaway. Uh, and Philip Kurashev had a couple good chances in front of the net as well. Um, but as the night kind of went on, those three faded a little bit. I do think at some point, though, King's going to put put them together again. And then the fourth line was Mike Hardman, Jacob uh, Josiah Slavin, almost said Jacob Slavin. I wish we had Jacob Slavin on the back end. Uh, no, the fourth line was Mike Hardman, Josiah Slavin, and Ryan Carpenter, which has been kind of the same fourth line as of late. Not a whole lot that was noteworthy from those three in this one. Other than Hardman's physicality, that's one thing I wanted to be sure to bring up. Hardman did lead the team with six hits in just under nine minutes of ice time. Um, but aside <clears throat> aside from that physicality, I gotta say, Hardman just really doesn't have anything else to offer to the team right now. And again, I just don't get how he gets in the lineup more consistently than Dylan Strom does. I, I really don't get it. And I'm not rooting against Hardman or anything, but I, I personally believe that the right call for the Blackhawks would be to scratch Hardman on Saturday versus Toronto, go and bump Reese Johnson down to that fourth-line role, and plug Dylan Strome back in on that second line in a top-six position because that's where he needs to be. This Blackhawks offense obviously needs some help. I don't think putting Reese Johnson inside the top-six is the answer. So if it were me calling the shots, that's what I would do. But, of course, we're just going to have to wait and see what Kinger elects to go with when the Hawks take on the Maple Leafs tomorrow night. As for the defense, real quick, both Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy, as expected, did make their returns to the lineup after each player missed the last three games for the Hawks. Uh, McCabe and his wife, actually, they talked about this during the intermission report. In last night's game, McCabe and his wife just had their second child over the weekend, uh, a baby boy back in Chicago, hence why Jake needed to leave New York in a hurry for a family emergency. So big congrats to the McCabe family for the birth of their second child together. All the best wishes uh, from myself as well as all the listeners here from Lockdown Blackhawks. Pretty cool to hear Jake uh, talk about becoming a dad for the second time during the intermission report with Colby Cohen last night. And then Connor Murphy, of course, was in concussion protocol for the past couple of days after taking a big hit from Alexander Ovechkin just over a week ago in Washington. Really good to see that Murphy didn't have too extended of an absence out of the lineup. Both those guys were back in there against Montreal. Uh, and as they have been for most of the season so far, McCabe and Murphy were paired up together as the Blackhawks' second D-pairing against the Canadians. Calvin DeHaan and Seth Jones once again served as the top pairing, and then Riley Stillman and Eric Gustafson rounded things out for the defense. And Caleb Jones, by the way, 
who was deemed um, a game-time decision after the morning skate. Caleb wound up not dressing for the Hawks last night in Montreal. I'm not sure if that was because of the illness that he's been dealing with or if it was just a numbers game with everyone getting healthy on the back end finally for the Blackhawks. I'm not sure which one it was. Um, But Jones could be battling for that seventh defenseman spot with the Blackhawks defensive core finally getting back to being 100% healthy for the literal first time this season. All of their NHL defensemen are healthy at the same time now. Um, But with that being the case, some tough decisions are going to have to be made here. Who's going to be the seventh defenseman? Um, You know, what are they going to be doing with Eric Gustafson? Because there's a lot of guys in Rockford knocking on the door. Ian Mitchell... Nicholas Bodan, Wyatt Kalanuck, and even Alec Regula, Isaac Phillips, and Jakob Galvis as well. You know, I think eventually the Blackhawks, they're going to have to look around and might have to admit to themselves that they got one too many defensemen at the NHL level. But at the same time, um, considering that they all haven't been healthy at the same point until now, you know, it certainly isn't the worst thing in the world to have some depth and to um, just be careful in case there are more injuries coming up in the future, especially as we're really starting to pick up into the grind, getting closer to the midway point of the regular season. Um, just like it will be up front with the forward group, though, it's it's going to be very interesting once again to see what Derek King rolls with on defense for the Blackhawks game coming up tomorrow night against the Toronto Maple Leafs. All right, that takes care of the lineup decisions made by Derek King for last night against the Canadians. Coming up in just a moment, I'm going to chat real quick about the one-for-one trade that the Blackhawks made with the team they'll be playing on Saturday in the Toronto Maple Leafs. But first, I need to talk to you all about Primal Origin Oils. Got beard? Get Primal. If you or someone you care about has a beard, then they need to get Primal. And maybe you're the guy who has never considered the benefits of treating your beard with a product. Well, Primal Origin Oils will stop the itch and make your beard look healthy and fully groomed. Primal Origin Oils makes balms, oils, and whipped butter that are known as the best feel in beard products available. And that is due to the exotic carrier blend with oils like raspberry seed, rosehip, and chia seed oil. All products are fair trade certified and handcrafted right here in the U.S. of A. And we know that every company claims to have the best, but Primal Origin Oils challenges you to compare their ingredients to the other companies that you've used. We promise you, you will see and feel the difference. And remember, use the promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. One more time, use the code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, at checkout for 20% off at PrimalOriginOils.com. Got beard? Get primal. I also need to talk to you all about BetOnline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts, as Bet Online has you covered all season on more props, odds, and lines than ever before. As football season in the NFL and the NCAA continues to march towards the playoffs, Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive your bonus. From basketball, 
football, the NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our exclusive promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, we're back here on Lockdown Blackhawks. Moving on into segment three on the show today. Before I let you all go and enjoy the rest of your Fridays, I wanted to be sure to talk real quick about the one-for-one swap that the Blackhawks made with the Toronto Maple Leafs yesterday. Uh, Just a couple hours before puck drop against the Canadians, the Blackhawks announced that defenseman Chad Chris, who was a second-round pick back in the 2016 NHL draft, the Hawks actually took him just six picks after they selected Alex DeBrinkett, actually. Uh, but Chris has spent the past four seasons, basically, playing for the Rockford Ice Hogs of the AHL. And with the Hawks, you know, kind of continuing to stock up on defensemen in the draft over the past couple of years, Chris just kind of had fallen out of favor with the organization and really didn't have much of a future here in Chicago. Spanning over four years, he only had two goals and three assists for 15 points. Was kind of struggling to get in the lineup down there, Um, but now he gets a little bit of a change of scenery. He's officially been traded to the Toronto Maple Leafs in exchange for forward Curtis Gabriel, who is a former third-round pick of the Minnesota Wild back in 2013. He's now 28 years old and doesn't really have much of a track record in the NHL. Gabriel's only played in 49 career NHL games since 2015, splitting time with, uh, as I said, the Minnesota Wild, the New Jersey Devils, and the San Jose Sharks. And in those 49 games, Gabriel has only tallied two goals and three assists for five points. So uh, he really doesn't have all that much to provide offensively, and that's really not uh, his bread and butter. And even during his extensive career in the AHL, Gabriel's never been a consistent point producer at that level either. So um, that's not the type of player that we're getting here from the Maple Leafs. But what Gabriel does provide is a whole lot of size, standing at six foot four and weighing over 200 pounds. He's a scrappy and physical forward who... Uh, isn't afraid to throw his weight around and mix it up in a fight every now and then. And after reading more and more about Curtis Gabriel, I fully believe that he was brought on by the Blackhawks to kind of temporarily provide the same role that Jujar Kara was for this team before that scary incident occurred against the Rangers on Tuesday at the United Center. Um, No real... More updates on Kara, by the way, other than he's been released from the hospital, he's moving, he's in good spirits. Uh, Hopefully we'll be hearing more more about him in the time being, Um, but for now he's in concussion protocol on IR for the Blackhawks, but uh, I'm going to keep my fingers crossed that he'll keep trending in a positive direction. But I really do believe that Gabriel was brought on to play the same kind of style and role that Jujar Kara was, and one reason <clears throat> why I say that is because um, 
after the trade, the Hawks told the media that Gabriel is expected to join the Blackhawks up in Toronto on Saturday and will become their 14th forward on the active roster. So, hey, I guess I wasn't lying about the Hawks having 14 forwards. Um, And who knows, you know, maybe Derek King gets him into the lineup for a game against his former team up in Toronto. Wouldn't that be quite the storyline? So, um, kind of a minor one-for-one swap here made by the Blackhawks and interim general manager Kyle Davidson, but it's one that I I can say literally only has upside for this team because Chad Chris, let's face it, he was never going to make it in the NHL with this organization. I mean, the kid was having a hard time scratching the lineup down in Rockford even, so I think this was a smart trade by Davidson, whether Gabriel goes on to help the Blackhawks or not. Um... This is a trade where there really aren't any negatives possible unless Chad Chris somehow goes on to become a superstar, which I personally don't think is going to happen, but, you know, who knows in this interesting game of hockey. Um, But Gabriel will join the Blackhawks in Toronto on Saturday. We're going to have to wait and see if he gets into the lineup. Um, But it should be interesting with only 49 career NHL games. It looks like the Blackhawks could have a role for him up at the NHL level, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens with Gabriel once he joins his new teammates against his former ones in a place that he's called home for quite a while uh, on Saturday when these two teams square off against each other. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Friday, December 10th's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to go and follow the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app, and you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to go and check out the Lockdown Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and even Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Lockdown Bets podcast. It's free and available on all platforms, so be sure to check out Lockdown Bets right now wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can also hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, yes, there will be another episode tomorrow. Thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.